Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 118 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Myself and David, a shorter show today with the holiday weekend as we look back at the weekend that was an exciting race at the Chicago Street Course. We will recap it all and it gets David's thoughts and analysis on the race. Also look ahead to this weekend at Atlanta as well. And uh, plenty to talk about. We'll get to our news and notes later. Also, our Ask David segment coming up at the end of the show. David Starr joining us as we're in the same place. Uh, David, join the uh, 4th of July. Great weekend. Great to celebrate America here. Man, it's a, it was a, it's an awesome day. I hope everybody had a great time. I know me and Tyler did. And, uh, man, Tyler, what a – well, I'm kind of concerned. Where's <laughs> – I'm concerned with Dominic. You know, I think <laughs> Dominic and his family, had, I think they've uh, they've had a good day and enjoyed uh, – the 4th of July celebrations with his family and uh, they sound we he's messing in action on us, but man, I, we had a great day. It was a great celebration. Just got back from a spectacular fireworks display here in Frisco, Texas. And uh, man, it's uh, it's uh, everybody's doing good out there, Tyler. Yeah. And uh, if you need any signs that David's doing good, the beads are on. Uh, <laughs> he did not have to uh, show anything to get the beads. They just give them to David Starr when you're, when you're David that way. But but nonetheless, uh, Dave, let me just ask you real quick, you know, 4th of July weekend, uh, you know, great time in the summer, you know, to reflect and celebrate America, be with family and everything. Uh, I'm sure people at home just curious, what's the 4th mean to you? Well, it's just, man, to, just to be an American and live in a great country and all the freedoms we have and just, man, just, you know, obviously uh, I'm a proud Texan where I'm from, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm a proud American, you know, I just, uh, Again, just to be able to do and have and and enjoy the freedoms we have, you know, Tyler. We we got we have some cool jobs and we got cool lives. And uh, you know, I was just talking to a, a friend of my sister's. He was uh, just got back from a missionary trip, and he was talking about you know what you see in other countries and where he went. And uh, man, it's just. You know, just it just puts it all in perspective. But dude, it's a it's a great day. It's a great day to celebrate our country, and uh, man, we we had a good day, and uh, all the fireworks and the celebration that's been going on for the last four or five days has been wonderful. And yourself, man, you just got back from from uh, uh, Chicago, and uh, but man, it 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 just means everything to us to have the freedoms we have and to be a proud American. What about yourself? Buddy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've been telling people, you know, it's. It's more than just for me, David, of being a, an American, but being a proud of what makes America, you know, and, 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 you know, we've been hearing a lot about beer companies these days, but not so much about beer itself, you know, and, and, and I, I was telling people on air today, I'm like, Hey, you know, if you're going to have a, a beer or whatever it may be, you know, buy American, spend that money, keep it here, you know, and support businesses that are supporting this country, you know, and, 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 uh, I know some people are going to think, are you, are you taking shots at Toyota? Not at all. Toyota spends a lot of money in America. Absolutely. They feel like an American company. Absolutely. But, you know, in this day and age, you know, just whatever we can do to support each other in this country, you know, I, I think just little stuff like that goes a long way. But nonetheless, uh, not an American in victory lane this weekend. How about that for a transition? <laughs> uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. The winner, I think I said his name right, SVG, we'll call him SVG for short, gets it done at the Chicago Street Course, an upset win. Uh, David, I said this at the time, I'm curious what you think. It, it's the biggest upset, I think, in the modern era of NASCAR. Most people did not know who he was going into this weekend. First career start, first time in over 50 years that somebody wins a NASCAR Cup race in their first career starts. and to do it in in the fashion he did, the Chicago street course and all, the Project 91 deal that Trackhouse does. I mean, what an amazing drive by SVG. And then to do it in clutch fashion, too. I mean, he was he passed the 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 big guys, you know, Chase Elliott, Justin Haley, who led for much of the day and and drove his way up front, got the job done. I I was so impressed. I, I was not only in Project 91 and Darren Grubb, but SVG. I mean, that that guy's incredible. And, and we'll talk more about his future later. But what a moment that was for 
uh, for the sport to for him to pull that off. You know, I didn't even know who SVG Shane. I didn't. I didn't had no idea who he was, and it wasn't until uh, when the race started. Uh, you know, the there was a little bit of a rain delay, and they talked about SVG Shane. Uh, uh, he had qualified third. I think he was third quickest in practice and, uh, you know, and, and you started hearing about him under the rain delay, you know, how impressed everybody was, but yeah, once you qualified start, well, yeah, you know, practice well, qualified well, uh, uh, for his cup for even, even for your first cup race practice qualifying, you know, and again, uh, we, it's been over 50 years and I don't know exactly I think it was 1963, uh, Johnny Rutherford from, from Fort Worth, Texas here, was the last guy. Won to, a Daytona qualifying points race. Absolutely. 1963, you know, and, and man, I was it was cool to know that because Johnny Rutherford is my buddy. He's from Texas here and Lone Star, you know, Lone Star Johnny Rutherford, you know, so that was kind of cool. But, man, so impressed. And then. As the race played out, it was, man, you were impressed with this guy, you know, just throughout the whole race, whether he was on equal tires or however it was, even when he lost two or three spots, it it didn't razzle him, man. He just raced hard, and I was impressed the whole day with him. It was kind of interesting uh, throughout the broadcast, and a lot of you probably heard this, but uh, the way he uh, – the way he drove the race car with using a lot of uh, a lot of magic in his footing, gas pedal brake, using the clutch, and they talked about that. They were really impressed. The commentators, Dale Jarrett, Dale Earnhardt Jr., all of them were, were were commenting on him using the clutch. You know, he said, "Well, hey, that's one thing new about we don't do in America in NASCAR. We just we shift with the throttle." You know. And then as the race played on and as everything happened, they began to begin to really like, hey, we really need to learn and, and, and get educated because whatever he was doing, the car wasn't wheel hopping and, and driving the car using the clutch. He really had a big advantage on everybody. And uh, man, what an amazing race. But, you know, right there at the end of the race, uh, I think when uh, Shane – SVG, I can't, you know, when when him and the 91 team track house, they had pitted earlier. Yeah. So they had like, I think, and I you correct me if I'm wrong, they had 19, 16 newer, newer tires on the race car yeah. compared to Chase Elliott and uh Justin Haley. Justin Haley, you know. So you, you see how how quickly he caught uh uh Chase Chase Elliott. And man, I was like, man, there's no way they can hold this guy off. There were too many yeah. laps left, but man, what an impressive, impressive, the whole thing. SVG uh, coming to America, driving for track house in the 91 project. Is that what they call it? Project 91. Yeah. Project 91. Uh, his first race, uh, NASCAR in the city of Chicago putting on an event that I think was just over the top. All the new fans I saw on television, uh, it, I can't think of anything that was a negative about the whole. You were there, right? But from what we saw on television, man, it was a home run every which angle you can look at it. You know, yeah, and we got plenty to talk about as far as the elements of this race goes. Let's, let's look at the event itself. Um, I know a lot was made about the Xfinity race of not reaching halfway and. They called it for for Cole Custer. And, you know, the concerts were a big element of this. Remember, it was labeled as Chicago Street Race slash Music Festival. That was a big part of the ticket that was sold. You only had one concert of the four due to weather. But as Denny Hamlin, I think, did a good job pointing out, you know, only God controls the weather here. There was only so much NASCAR could do. And, and you're talking about city streets involved here to – Try to finish that Xfinity race Monday may not made a whole lot of people happy. And, and with the circumstances, like I know that it's not ideal to call a race winner when you technically didn't reach halfway, you were two laps short. But I, I think NASCAR, I don't know about you, David, between, you know, starting the race, the cup race and finishing it short, 75 laps, shortening the Xfinity race, 
canceling the concerts, all whatever. They they made the most the, the hand that they were dealt. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate. It sucks for some people that may were buying tickets to hope to see some of those concerts or see Xfinity Race, whatever. But I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but that's kind of just is what it is. I thought NASCAR made the most of the opportunity. Man, you know, circumstances, you know, uh, uh I think you know, Denny Hamlin, you know, there's only one person that controls everything. Uh, and, and that's God. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, you know, I, I think the city of Chicago and NASCAR did a phenomenal job. I'm glad, I'm glad that you or myself aren't the ones making those decisions, but I, but I think NASCAR and the city of Chicago did everything they could to try to get that Xfinity race completed. And like you said, uh, when the tickets were sold for the Xfinity race, there were concerts involved, which were canceled. Right. Uh, they ran 25 laps. Is, is that right? Was yeah. It 28 laps. Uh, they ran 25 out of 55. 25 out of 55. And I think NASCAR did everything they could possibly do. They asked the teams, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't declare a winner Saturday afternoon when, it, when it, everything got rained out. They ran 25 laps. The weather came in couldn't rain no more there's so much water you just couldn't compete mm-hmm. in those conditions and they said hey we'll, we'll cover the cars up we'll, we'll try this again tomorrow morning well you wake up sunday morning in chicago and man it, it's still the, the conditions the weather was bad it raining right. there was water everywhere you saw that you were there right i saw the pictures and i'm like man there's no way well and like jeremy clements for example mm-hmm. uh came out and he was not happy that they had to come back and didn't run the race because it cost his team $1,500 in hotel rooms. And I understand his frustration, but I mean, it NASCAR cost, tried, you know, I it mean, cost a lot of teams and not only uh, Jeremy Mayfield, I mean, Jeremy Clemens teams, all the teams had to stay overnight. You know what I mean? And NASCAR would have never asked them to do that. If they, they were doing the best they can under the circumstances, they can't, they weren't control. trying to screw over. No, them. nobody. They were just trying to complete a race. And when you were only, I think you, what were you short? Uh, you short two and a half lap, two laps, three two laps, laps, you know, two laps, you know, it, it was just no way they was going to be able to get the race in Sunday morning uh, with the weather being what it was. I mean, I saw pictures, people were, tweeting out and facebook tires were floating on pit road right. i mean it was a it was a mess uh and again tyler you mentioned it uh the city of chicago the traffic moving people around you know to wait until uh until till uh monday morning to to finish two laps just the circumstances of everything i think nascar and the city of chicago, i think they made the right decision man even though didn't get to halfway point, but they did all they could. And man, you know, it, it's understandable. And I know there's going to be some teams that are really frustrated because maybe they lost out those two laps or three laps or trying to get the finish the race. You know, uh, obviously the race would, it would, it would have been, it would look different than the way it finished, you right. know, with different positions. It would have been tough to beat Cole Custer. He looked no, really good. A- absolutely. But man, I, I just think, under the circumstances of the weather and in racing in a city where we never raced before, I think NASCAR, I mean, I think they did the best they could do and, and they didn't have no choice, but to call the race two laps short of halfway. And it was the best, the best they had under the circumstances of everything. So uh, not everybody's going to agree with that, but I think that was the best that out of knowing everything, that was the best you had right there. I know that people were, and yourself included, skeptical of the street race format. But, I mean, for them to literally, 30 minutes after that rain stopped on Sunday, to get the cars on track, the rain tires, getting the lights on the cars and all that, and for it to go pretty smoothly, relatively speaking, I I was impressed how far we've come. I mean, well, David, about three years ago, we would have never even thought about the idea of rain tires and let alone a street course and all this. I mean, if I think if we would have gone racing five minutes earlier, it would have been a disaster. I mean, the to make the most of the opportunity to get 75 laps in, get the cars and get the track as good as it was to race uh, was a phenomenal job. It says how far we've come technology wise, not just NASCAR, but Goodyear, too. 
man, all of it, you know, the, 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 uh, air Titan yeah. new, new vehicles that drive the racetrack. Uh, it was amazing to me how quick they were to get the car, to get the drivers in the car, get, uh, get the cars on the racetrack and to drop the green flag. It was very interesting. And the technology, the new, uh, racing, uh, the wet, the rain racing tires were amazing. It made for some exciting racing. I mean, cause we all saw it. I saw it. You saw it. The fans saw it. I mean, you see Kyle Busch over driving a corner and man, locking up the brakes and sliding the tire barriers and they pull him out and man, the guy comes back and finishes fourth. It was amazing. Uh, how the race all played out. Tire barriers did their job. Man, the tire barriers <laughs> were amazing. I mean, there's so many people went into the tire barriers at a high rate of speed, and it really didn't didn't take the car out of competition. It might have brought out a caution. Right. They had to pull the car out of the tire barrier, but they was able to finish the race. I was really impressed with that. But man, what a phenomenal event. Uh, uh, again, you know, we talked about the Xfinity race being shortened two laps to get to halfway point, but look what happened. I mean, with, with, with all the rain that was in the Chicago, downtown Chicago Sunday morning, uh, the race being delayed, starting time and everything. I mean, just look at the cup race where they had to, they had to cut it. What, 20 laps short? How many laps? Uh, 25, yeah. 25 laps short because they were losing daylight and, uh, you know, I think the city of Chicago and NASCAR together, a, 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 a collaborative effort on, on the sanctioning body NASCAR and the city officials, they did the best they could, you know, and, uh, and, uh, man, it was phenomenal. It was a hell of a race. Yeah. It was so impressive. All aspects of it. I was impressed with the fans, you know, and, the fans, I mean, when the race started and there was, it was before the race started and before they asked the, the drivers to go to their cars. I mean, there was, there was no fans anywhere. No. Once that race started, oh my God, where'd all the people come from? It was amazing. And they were still showing up at the end of stage one. Dude, it was amazing. People were coming from everywhere. It was just a, a cool event. And I think everybody that, uh, NASCAR, the city of Chicago, everybody that has a piece on putting a race together, the crews, the, 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 the safety crews, everybody involved, everybody did a phenomenal job. We, we, I know as, as part of the sport, I'm proud of what NASCAR did. And I, I, I think it was such a home run. And you even told me, uh, that the TV ratings were over the top. Yeah, over 5 million people watched. It was the most watched NASCAR race on NBC since 2017. And it was the second most watched NASCAR race of the year, only to the Daytona 500. Um, Think about that. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, that's insane. It is insane. Million. I had people I work with that don't watch NASCAR that said, I had to see that. I yeah. wanted to see what that was all about, of street racing, the rain involved. I think the rain may actually <laughs> even help the ratings, to be honest. People were wondering, how is this all going to work out? It was an incredible product. And, you know, I, I know that going into this weekend, David, there was questions about the future of this race in Chicago with the new mayor and the opt-out that the city of Chicago has. And we know NASCAR invested $50 million to put this race on. And going forward, if they're going to bring this race back, it's not going to cost that much, maybe about half to do this race. Uh, but we talked about with Dustin Long when he was with us of NBC Sports a couple weeks ago. This was not even just so much about Chicago. It was about coming up with a concept and a template to be able to take to other places potentially. And whether that's uh, a second street race or moving this street race to a place like Philly or the Meadowlands, whatever it may be, um, I know that things didn't work out maybe weather-wise with the concerts or the finishing the extended race and all that. But the number one thing I think NASCAR accomplished was they found a concept that worked. And now, whether it's Chicago or somewhere else, there's no reason why we shouldn't have a street race or two on our calendar every single year. And, and NASCAR, I think, figured out a formula that they should be able to, to pick up and take on the road, whether it be back in Chicago or somewhere else in the future, uh, the rating show people want to see this man, no doubt about it. The, uh, I was impressed. I listened to the drivers 
what they were saying about the racetrack itself, the street courses and, you know, asphalt and concrete. Developed by iRacing, too. Yeah, and, and man, it, I heard a lot of great feedback, you know. And uh, I, I believe, my opinion is, I think they should go back to Chicago again in 2024. And hopefully the the event will be without rain right and with all the concerts and everything going on i think i i'd like to see them do it again just because the event even though it was over the top didn't have a fair chance with the weather right you know what i mean i'd love to see it uh have a great weekend with an xfinity race the cup race bring with, sports with, cars next year absolutely add another series but with great weather, and I think we're going to see record crowds. I think the racing is going to be phenomenal, and I think it. I, I think. Uh, I think street racing for NASCAR. You know, again, I was skeptical of it. You know, but after seeing the race Sunday, I think it. I think it's here to stay. One street course a season, and and in the future, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen two. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, but I would like to see Chicago have another shot at and NASCAR a collaborative effort to put on another street race there because I've had you heard the drivers, y'all heard the drivers. There's a lot of great feedback on how grippy and how racy the racetrack was. The racing was great. So I'd like to see them try to get in there at Chicago because I think it'll be a home run. Yeah, it was totally different than anything I've seen before. I mean, you didn't see motorhomes around. Drivers didn't even stay in their own motorhomes. They stayed in hotels. Yeah. Um, you know, and 75% of the fans, it was their first ever NASCAR race. Um, perfect, man. Just think how many new new fans at that event. You know, now I would hope that a lot of those fans that we saw on television, you saw them live in person, they were everywhere you know, hopefully our, our sport just gained a whole lot of new fans. I, I right. hope so. And and I, I can't imagine that we didn't. And, you know? and we're going to be back in that market, uh, relatively speaking, Michigan in a few mm -hmm. weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Louis is an annual race in the calendar now. I mean, those fans are in the area have a chance to come see other races besides Chicago, too, uh, and see what we do each and every week, you know, and and would love that they be a part of the sport that we we know and love each and every week. Uh, as far as race goes, we mentioned SVG with the win. And one topic conversation that came out of this race was, um, did he make the NASCAR drivers look bad? We heard Chase Elliott actually say he's probably going to go home to his, his friends, his buddies back home and say, wow, uh, I'm a lot better than those guys. You know, I, that was easy when I pulled off. Now, I, I think Chase is being funny, being a little facetious, whatever. But nonetheless, like, I, I think Denny had a good des description about it. He said, look, SVG ran a supercar, which was actually based – it's actually based on uh, – the, the current cup car, the accident car, is actually based on a supercar. Mm -hmm. And he had street course experience. He said that SVG had more of an advantage with his past experience to this street course setup – than any of the cup drivers did. It was a unique circumstance. I, I think that we talk about it all the time. These are the best drivers in the world in NASCAR. Uh, I mean, they were very competitive. It, SVG had to work for everything. He didn't run away from the field there. I, I don't think the NASCAR drivers look bad at all. It took, what, what do we say, 50 years for somebody to win their first career start? I, I don't hold anything back. I don't think it's any indictment at all in cup competition. What say you? So, Shane, SVG... Man, guy is incredibly, incredibly talented. So we got we have our our first street course ever. And so it wasn't on an oval. No, it wasn't <laughs> on an oval or even uh, you know, Watkins Glen or Road America right. or Mid Ohio. Uh, you know, a lot of these great road racing racetracks in America. It wasn't it wasn't there. Uh, it was a brand new street course that nobody has ever raced on. And you look at SVG, Shane, um, you look at where he came from, the types of cars, that that super, what do you call that, super eight? Super car, V8 super, super car. It's incredible, man. I love watching that series 
when I get a chance to see it because a lot of those cars look like our NASCAR race cars. They're heavy. They roll over a lot. You know, they race them on road courses, street courses, you know, and I think the new next gen race car is similar to a, yeah. a V8 supercar, you know, and, and us, us NASCAR race car drivers here in America never raced on a street course before, man, it was a, it was a perfect storm for SVG to come in here and dominate like he did. I don't know if he, he didn't dominate, but to be so impressive, you know, this guy's a three-time champion, right? Over 80 super V8 car wins. I mean, you know, so I think from that perspective, he had an advantage, you know what I mean? He was familiar with that type of racing in the wet and the dry. I mean, he, uh, you know, but I, I, here's i think if we'd have been at watkins Glen and was just a dry racetrack watkins Glen with with the guys are a lot of our the best nascar drivers in the world at racing cup today i don't really think the results would have been the same you know what i mean but you're talking about a racetrack that none of the nobody's ever raced on before It, it equal up the playing field and really i think SVG had an advantage because he was more used to the street courses with those types of cars. It would be like if, you know, Dale Earnhardt, he's their Dale Earnhardt essentially, went to IndyCar for their first ever super speedway race. I mean, Dale Sr. would have been, all right, fine. You know, I got it. You no, know? No, a- absolutely. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. But, you know, but man, let me tell you what. Our NASCAR guys, our cup superstars of our sport, these guys are good. Right. They're good. You don't really ever, I can't remember, and you'll have to help me. And Dominic would tell us, but, you know, years ago, you know, I don't know if it was 10, 8 years ago, 12 years ago, the the cup teams would bring in a road racing ace. Right. Ron Fellows, uh, you know, uh, Boris said, a road racing ace and put them in a car. And they would go out and win a race. But over the years, our cup drivers, they're so talented. They got better. Dude, on short tracks, on super speedways, on road courses. I mean, they're they're phenomenal. You know what I mean? I just think the the, the street course, the wet, the the new next-gen race car, it played into the favor of SVG. You know what I mean? And uh, But, man, I don't think any of our guys have anything to be ashamed of. Uh, you know, they're the best race car drivers in the world. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and I think it's kind of cool to have a new Zealand, new, a, a guy from New Zealand coming to America and getting his first NASCAR cup race in a street course, you know, win the race. Good for him. I yeah. think it, you know, it, it definitely did, you know, with, with the first street course in Chicago and us talking about the TV ratings and me seeing all these fans, it's like, it was amazing uh, and like you said, you said 70% of them, I think you said 75, 75% of them were new fans, never been to a NASCAR race. They're loving it. How about all the people in New Zealand and across the pond that probably tuned into that race who, who are now NASCAR fans, man, you know so, what I mean? So I think everything's good about it. A guy uh, that I know from Australia, he messaged me and I, I asked him about it. He said it was a big deal there. Um, this is the best result by somebody from down under ever. This is the biggest thing they've ever accomplished. Um, that was how excited they were in, in that part of the world. But, you know, it just goes to show you how popular in the world that American, America's largest racing, motorsports racing in America, NASCAR cup racing goes to show you how popular it is i can yeah, assure you this race that, was on at like one o'clock in the afternoon australian time everybody was watching the super v8 supercars where which uh shane has come from i'm sure all those guys over there racing that series are biting at the you know are just wanting the opportunity to come to america and drive a cup car you know what i mean right and even even more now but uh but anyway, I'm 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 proud of uh, our cup guys. I don't think any of them have th- have anything to be ashamed of. Uh, and man, the technique we were talking about, uh, you know, Shane winning the race. But they said, man, just we talked about it earlier. His footwork, his 
gas pedal brake clutching, you know, on these next gen race cars and these transmissions we have, you don't have to use a clutch. Right. But man, he used the clutch so much. I think there was something to it which was not allowing the, the car to, if you overdrove a corner and you downshift, I mean, that thing will hops the next thing. He yeah. killed the motor before overtime. Dude, it was, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. You know what I mean? But anyway, that, that type of racing just fit him perfect. And man, he, uh, he showed, he showed, it showed everybody up. Last thing before we move on. Um, one controversy of sorts of NASCAR's end is when they announced that the race would not go the full distance of 100 laps, would go down to 75 due to the sunlight. And you already had some teams come in for their final pit stop, others not. And so, obviously, that affected the pit cycle of some sorts and helped out guys like SVG on that front. Um, Kyle Busch said after the race that it didn't affect him because his team was aware that the race wasn't going to go the full distance because they could tell that with the sunlight situation. Um, you had guys like Denny Hamlin say that they should have either announced it earlier or waited till towards the end of the race and said, Hey, we got 10 laps to go. We're ending it from here. Um, I mean, the way I look at it, David, I'm curious what you think. I mean, everybody knew ahead of time they didn't have the lighting for that place to go the race at night. I mean, if you got a good crew chief, good engineers, I mean, you should have been able to figure out that race wasn't going to go to the distance anyway, right? You know, uh, there's a lot of intelligent, brilliant people that work on these NASCAR club teams, uh, the crew chiefs, the engineering staff. I mean, there's a lot of smart, smart, smart people that make these race cars fast and, and, and build speed in them. And they're paying attention to weather, uh, all kinds of different things, you know. Uh, man, you, you got to know yourself i know they knew when the when the race started and with all the cautions that were going on i i believe they all knew that there was no way that that race was going to be able to, to run the distance right you know i even was thinking in my head it's like man there's no way they're going to get this race completed before it gets dark you know and so i said man nascar is going to shorten this race i even thought that watching it you know yeah. what i mean so you know that they all knew that um you know i think they all do it you know really uh it's just the way it all plays out you know so you know some engineers and, and crew chiefs they have a strategy some of them might have might have deferred you know might have uh changed that strategy some of them might have didn't, you know, and, and and we know that some of them didn't do it. They stayed on that strategy like the race was going to run the distance and and it backfired on them some, you know what I mean? And then there was others that probably had an ideal and changed the strategy up and it worked out, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, you can say there's a little bit of controversy about it, but man, you know. I don't, I don't know the race, you know, everybody ran the same amount of laps and, you know, and somebody had to finish first and Hey, we got us a winner. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, uh, you know, everybody knew what time the race was starting. Everybody knew how long it was going to take. It was going to be dark. I don't know. I think everybody, every, I think it was an equal playing field for all and the winner won and everybody else. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, you can turn it into a controversy, but I, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe. So. I mean, you could, you could look uh, and see when it's going to get dark and just do the simple math. We're yeah. not getting there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you know, I was surprised. I mean, there was Martin Truex Jr. Uh, uh, you know, Tyler Reddick, uh, uh, golly, Denny Hamlin, there was a lot of fast cars mm -hmm. that uh, when the race, uh, um, when the race played out later during the race, those cars that were dominant for a long time, you know, strategy or whatever happened to them. Uh, I would have never thought the race would have played out like it played out. It's not what I imagined, but it, but the race, the race ran its course 
and SVG won the race fair and square. I don't know right. else how to put it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, news and notes uh, time, the latest happenings around the uh, NASCAR world. Let's uh, let's start with SVG in our news and notes this week. Uh, after the race, he was asked if he wants to come race in NASCAR full time. And he said, hey, I got one more year left uh, in, you know, V8 supercars, one more year under contract. And then I'd love to come in 2025. Well, his team owner uh, at Triple Eight Racing has said he will not stand in the way of a permanent move to NASCAR. If Shane Van Gisbergen wants to go to NASCAR next year, he'll avoid the contract and he'll let him go. So with that, uh, David, if SVG wants to come to NASCAR, obviously Trackhouse, uh, I imagine, is going to be, uh, would, would love to have him. There's another team's out there. As a winner already in your first starts, if he wants to come race full-time in cup racing, I'm sure somebody's going to have a spot for him. Well, I would hope so. You know, you know, he's a proven winner. Uh, you know, you can you can plug him in to your racing team. And he's and go, got a dirt background too. Man, I mean, you know, so the guy is very talented. So I'm sure there's going to be opportunities for him. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, uh, uh, you know, he track house of Project 91. He uh, didn't have to bring any sponsorship. I don't believe. They just put him in the car. The so, uh, the sponsor came to them, actually, is what Justin Mark said, mm -hmm. uh, Enhanced Health, before they even named a driver. Okay. Okay. So, you know, there's there's a lots, lots of, uh, there's lots of business stuff, sponsor stuff. But, man, I think if uh, SVG wants to come to NASCAR, I think he'll, he'll find a home real quick. I think he would. That's my opinion. And it wasn't a fluky win. I no, think he no, can no. win. No, uh, he, next year no, again. No, he he had you know he passed Chase Elliott, he passed uh, hey, uh, Justin Haley, Justin Haley, and uh, passed him fair and square. Uh, he did have newer tires on, but man, he 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 won the race. He he, he nobody gave him anything, right? And man, he pulled away. It was impressive, you know. And uh, even with the restart at the end, I mean. You handle like a troop, you know, like a champion, you know, they were talking about, Hey, get a good restart. Those guys behind you are hungry and, uh, you know, get too close with, they're going to put the bumper to you and do they, he, he didn't give them a chance. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was impressive, uh, his victory and the way he handled himself under pressure. Uh, he'll definitely have a home in NASCAR if he wants. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Cole Custer, uh, he is going to do three races for, Rick Ware Racing beginning this weekend in Atlanta and the number 51 Jacob Company's Ford Mustang. Uh, Custer has made it no secret. He wants to get back to the Cup Series. Two wins in the Xfinity side, including this past week in the Chicago Street Course. He's been running better after a slow start in the Xfinity Series this year. We know that 10 car uh, has a decent chance of being open at the end of the season with speculation about Eric Almirola's future. Um, and Rick Ware Racing obviously has questions about who's going to drive their cars next year. Big opportunity for uh Cole Custer here back in a cup car, man. You know, he he's very talented. Uh, coming back into the Xfinity Series, winning two races, strong every week. Uh, you know, Ford loves him. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing, uh, his uh, his dad, Joe Custer, is the president. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I believe we'll see him back in cup racing full-time in 2024. I think for Rick Ware racing, uh, which is a four team to, to put Cole Custer in a car for the next three races is a, is a, a great opportunity for both parties. And Rick, Rick, Rick Ware racing has really stepped up their program. I they think, have. you know, their Ford program, I believe that, they share. Jensen uh, Button was great this past week. Absolutely, it was very competitive. JJ Yaley's been really competitive in in the Rick Ware cars, but you know they have an alliance with uh, uh, Kozlowski, uh Ralph, RFK, yeah. R, yeah, racing. And uh, man, it's it's impressive, I, and I think it's a great opportunity for Cole Custer to get back in the Cup side for the next three races with Ford. But I think we'll see Cole Custer back in back in full-time cup racing for next year. Well, and even I know that the favorites for the 10 car, it seems right now, according to reports from Michael McDowell and Zane Smith, but 
you know, with Cole Custer, with his relationship with, with Stuart Haas, with his dad there, maybe there's some type of compromise uh, next year where what if they could be the de facto fifth team for Stuart Haas of some sorts, if they could come up with a partnership to put the, the, the horsepower behind a Rick Ware team, which could help Rick Ware go a long way. Oh, no doubt that anything's possible. You know, I think Rick Ware is sitting in a good situation right now uh, because he is aligned with, uh, you know, Kozlowski, Roush, or I can't remember the <laughs> acronyms, but, uh, but, uh, but man, he's aligned well, and it, it could benefit Rick Ware racing next year, like you're saying, Tyler, but, uh, but I do believe uh, that we'll see Cole Custer back and, you know, on the cup side full-time next year, you know, uh, what car, you know, is it back with Stuart Haas? Is it Rick, Rick Ware? I don't know, but I think we'll see him in the cup side. Uh, and then uh, lastly, on the uh, news and notes front, uh, this weekend, Atlanta, the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart uh, coming up Sunday night at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time on USA. Uh, David, Atlanta has been exciting the uh, last couple of years ever since the reconfiguration. And you know, obviously, this is the home race for Chase Elliott. He raced very good last week doesn't have a pathway through points to get to the playoff. I think kind of every race from here on out is we're on Chase Elliott watch. Is this the week Chase Elliott gets back to victory lane? I think that's kind of the headline seems from every race going forward to the playoff. If, if this is going to be the week he breaks through. Well, you know, you know, it's uh he loves, you know, he loves Atlanta motor speedway. Obviously he won last year and uh, you know, he needs a win to, to be in the playoffs but man, Tyler, I can assure you that, you know, the Atlanta, Atlanta Motor Speedway now is it's a super speedway. It races like Daytona, it races like Talladega. Anything's possible. You know, Chase needs to win. Uh, you know, I think the intensity with uh with Hendrick Motorsports and Chase Elliott, though their whole crew is they need to win. They need to win. So uh not only was he trying to win this past weekend in Chicago, finishing third. But uh, but you know he's going to come to Atlanta with the same intensity. They need a win. They there's no ifs and buts about it. They got to win, or he's not going to be he's not going to be in the playoffs this year. And uh, so I, it wouldn't surprise me. But man, I tell you, it's going to be a tough race. You know, it's going to be exciting for the fans, the drivers. You know, the races at Daytona, Talladega, we love them. And now the races at Atlanta Motor Speedway are just so exciting. Everybody's on top of each other. It's incredible, you know. So uh, can Chase Elliott win the race there in Atlanta? Absolutely he can. Uh, but, uh, but man, it's going to be a, a fun, exciting race to see who uh, gets to check her flag first, that's for sure. Uh, for me, David, I, I look at, I think, the guy that's been the most consistent all year, he's raced really well at Atlanta, Chase Elliott's teammate, William Byron. I, I, I think that the 24 car – it doesn't matter whether it's been short tracks, mile and a half, super speedways, whatever. William Byron has been good all year long, not just winning races, but running up front too. He's the guy I'm watching for. Who's the guy you're watching for? Man, he's uh, he's impressive. You know, we, we would have never thought that the Hendrick organization, that William Byron is going to be the leader of all those teams this year, you know, but he's been impressive. Uh, but man, you know, Kyle Larson really had a good run in Chicago. Uh, he's been coming on pretty good here lately. And, uh, but man, I think those Hendrick cars are going to be working together. And I think, uh, you know, if it's not Chase Elliott, I think you'll see a Hendrick car in Victor Lane here in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I, I said this last week, I'll stick to my guns. I'm going to pick Chase Elliott every week until he finally gets <laughs> into Victory Lane. Man, this Tyler, week be the week. Don't be like me, man. Don't pick. <laughs> You can't pick the same driver every week. You know what I mean? Hell, you know, that gets kind of boring for our fans. So you're not going to Kevin Harvick this week? Well, I mean, I want Kevin to win. He's been so strong. You know, he's just had a lot of bad luck. I'd like to see Kevin win a race or two before, you know, before his last race there at Phoenix. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say Kevin Harvick again, you know, but man, there's a, there's so many guys that have a lot of speed and are fast. It's going to be an exciting race, that's for sure. But I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Okay. Um, and we'll get to our mailbag segment next, uh, where you can submit questions to us uh, via Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Star Podcast. Also by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, our first question in the inbox this week comes from Ian. Ian wants to know, David, we're hearing speculation that the playoff 
in 2024 is going to look dramatically different. What changes track wise would you like to see to the playoff? Well, you know, that's a great question, Ian. I never even really thought about that, but you know, I, I, and I don't know, I asked the question to Tyler in those final 10 races in the playoffs, right? Is there a road course? Uh, you have the Roval. The Roval. Yeah, there's a road course. Uh, you have a super speedway. Talladega. You have short tracks. So, you know, for me, I I think, you know, the, the schedule now and the schedule last year, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't, you know, what could they add, add Tyler, mm-hmm. to those last 10 races to make it even even more exciting than it has been the last couple of years. I just think it's been over the top. You know what I mean? I can't think of a track that they need to add, add to those last 10 races to really bring another element to something that's already over the top exciting. You know what I mean? So, so one thing that comes to mind for me, we've heard rumblings. It sounds like Montreal is going to get added to the schedule next year, replacing California. Right. And I can't imagine that it replaces the date of California. I highly doubt we're going to Montreal, Canada in early March absolutely. when there's still snow on the Yeah, ground. absolutely. Maybe you kick off the playoff from Canada. And that, that actually should be nice that time of year, end of August, early September. Um, to me, you, you want to start the playoff with a bang, let's go to Canada and get things started. You, mean, you know, anything's possible, you know what I mean? And And – Man, the way NASCAR, uh, man, NASCAR has just done a tremendous job. They've really been stepping way outside that box and and changing the schedule, trying this, trying that. And I tell you, man, it's all been working. Everything they've been doing for me, it's it's really been a big enhancement to the sport. So if there's a big change coming in 2024 to the last 10 laps, uh, the last 10 uh, tracks of the, of the championship. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be good for the, it's going to make it even more exciting, which I didn't think was possible. Right. But everything, all the changes and everything they've been doing here the last couple of years, it, it's always, it's been a big positive. Right. So uh, I'll be excited and, and, and excited to hear what that may be. You know, you might have an inside because you're on the media side, but me, I'm, I don't have a clue. Well, yeah. And from what we've heard is that they're saying like, Hey, we already have these tracks, but we'd like to mix up what are the playoff tracks uh, that come into mind. You know, maybe, maybe you throw in a Michigan to the playoff. Maybe you throw in a Pocono to the playoff or just mix up uh, a little bit, just, you know, changing up uh, what those are, you know, I mean, we, we saw this year Miami's back in the playoff mix after being out for the last couple of years and just kind of keeping it fresh of some sorts to me. I, I think that would go a long way. My one request, if NASCAR is listening, uh, <laughs> is let, let's just be cautious of what the weather is like certain places at the time of year. You know, Kansas Speedway is my home track. I love Kansas Speedway. I do. But we had no business going there in in mid October when it was forty degrees. A couple different years, right. like let, let let's keep that in mind. If, if the weather's fine, <laughs> then I'm okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, Tyler. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not the guy that's making those decisions. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure uh, they got all the right people, and they're very intelligent. And uh, you know, they really there's a lot of elements that go into you know to picking the schedule, picking the racetracks for the, for the chase races. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just glad I'm not one of those guys, you know what I mean? Cause it's hard to appease everybody. You're not going to have a hundred percent of the people supporting whatever it may be. But, uh, but you know, I think NASCAR has done a tremendous job the last three, four years. And, and I think you'll continue to see excitement. If there is a change coming, it'll, it'll be for the better of, of the fans and I don't know how you like again I don't know how you make it any more exciting than it is it's pretty damn exciting already I think so uh David we gotta go but uh before we do um you're back on the racetrack this week uh at Atlanta uh tell us about what's uh in store for you this week well man I'm I'm excited uh uh to to get back to the racetrack be jo- uh, driving the the 35 uh car for Joey uh Joey Gase again and uh 
And uh, man, I, it's going to going to be exciting, man. Anytime you get back into race car and race, man, I mean, I, I live and eat and sleep it, you know, and uh, it uh, he eats at me when I'm not racing. So I'm looking yeah. forward to getting to Atlanta and, and racing there. It's always exciting and uh, and can't wait. You know, I, I got to tell you, I know we've had Joey on the show before and everything, but uh, I got to say, you know, I was around his operation when you raced for him for mm-hmm. the first time a couple weeks ago in Nashville. And I love just the, you know, the the family aspect his things got going. You know, you you see his wife and his kids are around. His and dad. Uh, you know, the, the, who who was it? The old guy that kept everybody in line, you know, that was just running the operation, was very friendly, very kind. I mean, they, they got a, a neat program there that feels like, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood coming together <laughs> running a race team or something. Yeah, Patrick, uh, Patrick, his partner, and Joey Gase have done a phenomenal job that, you know, Joey's always been a competitor and a friend of mine, but, you know, to, to drive for Joey Gase was kind of interesting how it all came to be, you know, but, uh, but Hey man, you know, they, they've done a phenomenal job building their race program and, and, you know, the business side of it. Uh, and he's you, balancing being a driver in an arm. Yeah. That's tough, dude. That's not an easy, that's not an easy, uh, uh, you know, to, to be a, a driver and owner is is a challenge. There's not a lot of driver owners that have made that successful for a long period of time. So, I'm 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 uh, you know I'm I'm pulling for Joey and Patrick. They've done a good job so far, and uh, and man, it's it's been fun. You know, it's been fun to do something different with somebody I never driven before. You know, they're very passionate, trying to give us what we need you know, to build a race better for them, but they're, they're doing a good job and I'm looking forward to getting to Atlanta and racing again. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll see as we go to the second half of the season, more races for you uh, in the very near future. Pretty exciting uh, on that front. Uh, so I definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'll be enjoying the weekend back here in Dallas. Uh, I, I was <laughs> on the road in Nashville and Chicago and now time to just take it easy uh, this week and put it back in first gear and uh, enjoy watching you this weekend uh, from far. But nonetheless, it should be a lot of fun, David. Uh, as always, uh, subscribe to the uh, show each and every week. New episodes out on uh, Wednesdays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit us up on social media, at Star Podcasts on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. This show, part of the Studio Soapbox Network. Check out this, as well as the Jones Report, uh, Coach Bo Knows Podcast, and more wherever you're listening to podcasts. We certainly would appreciate it. He's David Starr. I'm Tyler Jones. Dominic Hanagon will be back with us next week, uh, as well as uh, our entire crew. We thank you for joining us. Hope you had a great Fourth of July weekend. And uh, we'll see you right back here next week as we'll look back at the weekend that was from Atlanta. We'll put the check flag out in this episode. Thanks for joining us, and uh, appreciate you being here here on Let's Go Racing.